0: While you're being seated, kids can be dismissed to Children's Church. Kids of the fifth grade can make your way on out to Children's Church down to room number two over there. We're very thankful for those that work with our kids. Of course, Toddler Church meets the entire time and nursery as well. And so if we can help you with any of those things, please feel free to ask questions and we'll point you in the right direction. Everybody else, turn to Psalm 67, please. If you would take your Bible and turn to Psalm 67. That's where we're going to be spending our time today, and we are having a time um, focusing in on missions today, and so this is an appropriate psalm. We'll go through the entire thing. It's not very long, and hopefully it'll be a blessing and encouragement to you. Can I ask you, once you've found that there at Psalm 67, would you bow in prayer with me one more time? We'll ask for God's help as we study His Word. Heavenly Father, we do commit this time specifically to you as you have loved us so much to give us your word in written form. And we thank you that we can take it in and we praise you that we can chew on it and memorize it. We praise you for the Holy Spirit as our teacher. We thank you for this time to join together. And I believe there is something unique and special that happens when your people join together and gather around your word. And so I would ask that you would bless this time. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We just finished a a time of year where families get together. It is common that over Thanksgiving and over Christmas, you will see some relatives that maybe you don't get to see throughout the year. And that should be a blessing. I know it comes with mixed emotions sometimes for some people. But that should be an encouragement to you to get together. I know at my house, when we get together with family, when there's a lot of us that get together, there's always one time of a little bit of drama, a little bit of tension, where nobody's exactly sure what is going to happen exactly. And that is the time when the food is all ready and everybody's asked to gather together and right before we eat, we're going to pray. And it's at that point that it gets denounced who is going to pray. Usually, the person who's going to pray has not been informed of this. Now, this does not throw me off. Being a pastor, I get asked to pray quite a bit. And I'm usually prepared for that. It doesn't bother me one bit to pray like that. But there are some people that aren't prepared to pray as much. Some people, they might get their name called. Would you ask the blessing on the food? This might throw some off. Have you ever heard somebody deny that request? Have you heard somebody? Have you de- don't raise your hand if you've denied that request. That can, that can put you on the spot, though. That can be a little, a little bit intimidating. I think there are some people who probably wrongfully think, you know, it's about time I got asked to thank God for the food around here. Everybody stand back. You're going to love this one. Some people probably don't act that way. But there is no doubt that there can be a little bit of drama when we're waiting to see who will be chosen. As we look in God's Word today, we're going to see individuals that have been chosen to receive something wonderful by God. We're going to see what those individuals are asked to do because they've been chosen. And then we're going to see individuals who have been asked to actually make it possible for others to be chosen, to do their part. What we'll see in God's Word today is that the expectation that God has for us as we think about Him, those of us who know Him, and how we can take other people to a place where they think about Him in the right way. We're going to see this in Psalm number 67. I want to ask you to read with me. I'll read through the entire text, and then we'll go through and maybe you'll want to have a a pen out to take some notes or maybe underscore some verses. I know I've got quite a bit of underlining in this psalm. Verse 1 says, May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us that your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. What I'm going to do as we look at this psalm today is we're going to have some bookends. We're going to start out seeing that you have been chosen to receive the love of God, the forgiveness of God, and we're going to spend quite a bit of time on that. When we come to the end, we're going to see a responsibility that God has given us, that we have been blessed, so we can be a blessing to others. And then in the middle, we find some descriptions of what we are supposed to do if we are one of these ones who is on the receiving end of God's grace. So if you are taking notes, I'll give you some points here to take down. Number one, God has a plan for the entire world to hear of his love. Our God, in his wonderful omniscience, has a plan for the entire world to hear about his love. I think it would be a shame for us to approach this psalm and not think of it in terms of the day that we live in. A little test here for you. When we think of the book of Psalms, this was a songbook, first of all, for what nation? Do you remember? It was the nation of Israel. So this was their songbook. Many of these psalms we've turned into songs today that we can sing um, as we gather together. But even though this was written by an Israelite and written for the Israelites, I think that we would be not doing justice to the psalm if we did not read it in, text, in the context of today. Because there is a connection between verse 1 and verse 2 that takes this from the Israelites, God's chosen people, and it extends it to God's plan to save the entire world. Did you notice it there? Verse 1 is telling us that God's face is going to shine upon Israel so that, we're going to see that word that a few more times today, so that all of the nations will experience God's saving power. I just mentioned the phrase, blessed to be a blessing. Maybe you've heard that before. That expression, blessed to be a blessing, has made its way into songs, and honestly, it's very catchy. It's easy for us to remember. But I want to take us back, and you might have time to turn there. You might just want to write the reference down. I'm going to put the text on the screen for us. But that phrase, blessed to be a blessing, first comes up in God's promise to Abraham. So we've got to go back quite a bit from the Psalms. Now, the Psalms covered about a 1,000 years. We have a Psalm of Moses, and it goes all the way through Psalms of post-captivity that were written But we need to go all the way back to Abraham to find this theme of you have been blessed in order for you to be a blessing to other people. In Genesis chapter 12, when God made a covenant with Abraham, God says to him, I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. God goes on to say in Genesis 12, In you all the families of the earth will be blessed. So very clearly, this is going to go beyond just the Jewish people. And then we see a connection between uh, where it goes from Jews to all nations, and it's summed up in a wonderful New Testament verse. Write down this reference, Galatians 3, 13 and 14, and even 29. And here's the connection that the Apostle Paul gives us, so we know that this psalm, Psalm 67, is for us as well. Paul writes, Christ redeemed us, From the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. So that in Christ Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles. That's most of us here today. So that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. There's the bridge. And then verse 29 of Galatians 3 says, "And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring heirs according to the promise." And so when we go back even farther than Genesis 12 and we see God's plan, God had a big plan. God made the world and the world fell. And on his way to save the world, so God sees this, and God's going to save the world. We find that in Genesis chapter 3, right after sin enters the world. And on his way to save the world, we know that God actually stops. And God focuses in on using one nation, one nation that he is going to use to bring this there. And through one nation, and God spends about 2,000 years on this nation. And it's through Israel that all the world will be blessed with an invitation to once again have fellowship with God. We all have the same problem. Every one of us. Every person in this earth has the same problem. The problem is sin. And God has made a way for us to have forgiveness of that sin, fellowship once again with God, because Christ paid for our sins on the cross, but then in Matthew 28, Jesus Christ gives the Great Commission and he says, I want you guys to go and I want you to spread this message. Obviously, these guys, they're not going to be able to do the job by themselves. That's where God started. And when Jesus Christ said, go and preach in my name and get people saved and baptized in my name, he's saying, I want you to go to every nation. Every nation is going to hear about this. And aren't you glad that you live in a nation that has heard about that? Aren't you thankful that God didn't just keep this something for the Hebrew people? God said this is going to start with Israel and it is going to spread. And then we see some things that God expects from us. They're all in Psalm 67 there. Some things that God expects from us us if we know him. If you're taking notes, number two there is God intends to be known by all nations. We see that in verse number two. So that your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. So the word known is what I want to point out there. One word that you need to know if you're going to study the Old Testament, Old Testament history, and really it applies to today, is the word polytheism meaning poly, meaning many, theism, meaning gods. Um, The people, when we study the Bible, were polytheistic. They had many gods. Maybe sometimes you're surprised when you're looking at one of the stories, the Old Testament stories, or even New Testament stories, and they talk about God, and they even worship God. But usually it's not that they are putting away all other gods. It's a polytheistic community oftentimes. So they'll take God, the God of you know, uh, the God of the sea or the God of the sun. They'll even take somebody's God who can do miracles and they'll add him to theirs. Well, God has no interest in sharing any of the light, any of the glory with any other gods. And so God intends to be known by all nations and when when the psalmist writes this, the idea is to know that there is only one God. But God has a plan that all the nations will know him. Next, we see that God intends to be praised by all the nations. And that word jumped out to me the most. I've got it underlined um, multiple times. We see it in verses 3 and 5. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Verse 5, let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you again. And so praise is here the most And aren't you glad that you have something that is worthy of praise? Oftentimes, when you're giving praise to someone, it's because they did something great. They deserve maybe a round of applause or some kind of a congratulations. Here, we find that the nations are going to learn about a God who is worthy of them completely, completely putting themselves down to nothing and giving praise to God. Anyone who enters into our song services singing praise him, praise him with the idea that he's lucky to have you on his team isn't quite understanding this idea of praise. So God intends to be praised by all the nations. And then next we see that God intends to be enjoyed by all the nations. Look at verse 4. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. And this is extremely practical. It could be that we need to preach a follow-up sermon on this. Individuals that know Jesus Christ, but if you were to spend any amount of time with them, you could not tell that they were glad about it. In fact, they might have a sour face, a sour disposition a lot of the time. Individuals who know the saving power of Jesus Christ and are walking day by day with this wonderful gift of grace and of prayer and so many other things that he gives us, If you are not walking with gladness in your heart, then you need to get into this psalm a little bit more. You need to look at perspective. Understand what you deserve and understand what you have been given. And when that message goes out to the nations, the Bible here tells us that all the nations will enjoy God. God intends to be enjoyed by all the nations. And then next we see that God intends to be feared by all the nations. God has an intention that he's going to be feared by all the nations. Look at verse 7 with me. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. So this is the last one of those things that's expected of us. The, the, the teaching fear of the Lord comes up a lot in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs. Proverbs mentions that phrase, the fear of the Lord, at least 18 times. And let me talk about it just for a moment, because when we talk about the fear of the Lord, let me tell you what it is not. The fear of the Lord is not the picture of the the scarecrow and the Wizard of Oz, and when the scary witch shows up, he's shaking in his boots, or the dog that was shaking because it was afraid. That's not the idea of fear here. When we talk about fear of the Lord, and when the psalmist says all the nations will fear God, it is not a fear that is based on repercussion. You don't walk around afraid that lightning is going to come and strike you. Okay? That's not the idea. That doesn't mean, man, that guy really fears God because he does this. That's not the idea of fear of the Lord. Instead, the idea is based on, not on repercussion, but it's based on relationship. You have encountered this God who loved you so much that he gave his son to take on your sins so that you would not have to pay for your sins. This fear is based on relationship. And it's not a merit system where you're trying to earn something. It's you love him so much that you are happy to submit to an all-powerful father. So there are four things that you can do if you are a follower of God. That's right in the middle. God had a plan. God chose Israel. And then God takes Israel and spreads that to go to the, to the rest of the world. And then for the rest of our time, we're gonna, we're gonna talk about one more point, and that is this. You have been blessed to be a blessing. You have been chosen Chosen to receive the grace of God if you're saved today. And that's a wonderful blessing and privilege. But I want to suggest to you that it does not stop there. We've got these things God God wants us to do. He wants us to fear Him. He wants us to praise Him. He wants us to enjoy Him. He wants us to to, uh, sing. When we look at these things, there's no doubt that God wants us to do those. But then we see that this psalm, Psalm 67, it begins and it ends by telling Israel that they were blessed so they can be a blessing to others. And there's one word in here. So it's just one word. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. But I think we find a tie to some material blessing that these people see. And that's what I want, what I want to close with today. Because they were blessed in a material way. And I want to suggest to us in just a moment that we have been blessed in an incredible way when it comes to finances, when it comes to materials that we have, when it comes to resources. That one word is found in verse number six. Look at verse number six, where it says, the earth has yielded its increase. Now, what are they talking about there? We're talking about agriculture, right? The earth has yielded its increase. And back in this desert land, they very much so depended upon God to bring the rain and to grow the crops. We find an incredible blessing that is mentioned right here. The earth has yielded its increase. And I want to suggest for for us today that God gives his people today material blessing for the sake of That the world will be able to know him and praise him and enjoy him and fear him more. That is why God has blessed you. Hopefully you've accepted this gift of salvation. Jesus Christ died for your sins and you can ask for forgiveness and have that. But if you live really in the Western world and you enjoy the kind of blessings that we have, it is something that most of the world cannot even understand. Spiritual blessings are obviously applied here in many ways, but we find something more. We find that when we are materially blessed, I believe it comes so that we don't hold on to that, but so that we will bless other people. It is right for us to say that God has blessed the Western world in ways we can't understand. Now, maybe today you didn't feel very blessed, all right? But I want to suggest to you that if you got up and you had a hot shower today, Can I suggest to you that if you, I mean, look at the amount of food that has been thrown away in the past week. Can you understand that? There are so many people in this world that cannot begin to understand the kind of wealth that we have in this Western world. And if you have been given that, you have been blessed in incredible ways. Now, let me get ahead of some of you because we're focusing on missions today. And I've already said you've been blessed so that you can be a blessing. Let me, there's going to be some who will look at the scriptures and they will actually see financial blessing as a curse. Let me jump on this and say it is not a curse. To be born in the place you've been born, to have the job that you have, to have the resources that you have, listen, it is not a curse, but it can become a curse if we do not use how God has blessed us in the way that he wants us to. It is wrong thinking to think that it is a curse, but God expects us to be good stewards with what he has given. God has said, I have designed it so that you are blessed, and when you are blessed, I intend for you to be a blessing. And it is not that you have to lose so that others can, can gain. That's the way we just think. We just think that there's this pie. There's a pie. And there's only so much pie that's there. So if I've got this much of the pie, and I'm going to give it to somebody else, then I get less pie. God wants me to, I get it, I get it, God. You want me to give some of this away and to spread the gospel and to support missions and you name it. And some people will think, well, I'm going to have less blessing. I'm going to have less blessing pie that's not the idea the idea is is that God not only has a pie God has everything and God can create much more the idea is that there is a double blessing God's plan is so that both can gain so if you have been blessed and I want to suggest that most of you have been blessed more than the majority of the world if you have been blessed in an incredible way it's not that you have to lose it's that you've been blessed and you get to enjoy that. And that, that stuff that you don't really need, the extra, right? The stuff you're, you know, that's left over, all that stuff that you really don't genuinely need, you can use that to be a blessing. A blessing so that the nations can hear about the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. We've been blessed with abundant provision and then blessed again by using the extra to make a way for the unreached peoples of the world with the gospel. Now, I was speaking to uh, someone in the past few weeks, and I was talking to them. They were in a foreign land. And I said, oh, yeah, and I mentioned missionaries from America that are in there. And they quickly stopped me and said, yes, missionaries from America, and," and they named another country and another country that are sending missionaries to that land. And I said, oh, yeah, well, of course, they're sending missionaries there, too. I think there was a day some generations ago where America had the lead on this. America, which is the richest nation in the country, had the lead on missions and jumping in. And there have been different spikes and different things that have gotten people excited about missions and gotten people to agree to be a missionary for the Lord, But nowadays, there are so many other countries that are seeing the same burden, and there's a fire within them, and they are seeing what they have, and they're seeing what they need. And they can take what they don't have to have, what they don't need, and use it to support missionaries. I don't want to concede yet. I'm blessed that I am in a church family where we take missions giving very, very seriously. We spend hours and hours every week praying on missions. We give thousands of dollars a year to missions. And some of them are right here in our local area, some of them on the other side of the world. I like to, whenever I get a report and it prints off, we had this many folks saved in this area or this many were saved and heard the gospel, I will oftentimes cut that out. I've got a place in my office where I can see Those praises, those blessings, some of them right here in our own town. And it's an encouragement to see that. And I'm not ready, and I hope you're not ready either, to concede and say, let somebody else take care of that. I've been blessed. I like being blessed. Let me tell you, there's a double blessing that God wants us to have. That is by being wonderfully blessed, but then also being part, being part of this idea of giving so that people can hear the gospel. And this is contrary to what you hear in the world around you, right? What does the world around you say? Get, save, save, keep, hoard. Keep it for yourself. Figure out how to get more of it and hang on to it. That is the message that screams... And when we come to this idea of stewardship, we understand that you and I, we can swim in an embarrassment of riches and things that we've bought and we think they will bring gladness because we've been blessed. And there is no guarantee, there is no correlation between having and happiness. But you will see a huge correlation between giving and happiness. You've been blessed, and I'm here to let you know that you can be doubly blessed. I'm not going to pass the plate. it's not what we're going to do right now. I'm going to ask you to examine your life. Now, some of you need to get some things in order, right? I remember it being asked a question years ago from somebody that was in major debt and asking about giving to the church. And I said, you need to get some things straight, The idea is not that um, that you have to be a financial genius. The idea is that you will tell God, God, I want to be faithful with what you've given, and if you will trust me with something, I will give it back. I will support someone who will spread this message of Jesus Christ. You've been blessed to hear it. You've been blessed to be in in a country born like this with all kinds of material wealth. And so what can we do? Well, I didn't talk about this first one here, but what can you do? We can either be a goer or be a sender. That's kind of the takeaway. You can be a goer or you can be a sender. I didn't talk at all about the call to missions, but it very well could be that there is someone here who is built that way. God is tugging on your heart, and it might be that God wants you to go and to be one that's taking the message of the gospel. I heard one pastor say we have three kinds of people in this church, goers and senders and disobedient. I like that. I think that has a little ring to it. Goers and senders and disobedient people. We are blessed that we have built right into our system a wonderful missions program, and it's set, to, set up to succeed. We have good people that serve on a committee to help that go. But my challenge for us as God's people on this day is not to allow your blessings to become a curse. Don't put all of your riches and your wealth into a bag that has holes in it where you were blessed, but you weren't able to see anything more come from that. When we look to our God, if you have not understood the wonderful gift for you of salvation... And let me invite you today, in just a moment, we're going to have a time of prayer. You can pray and ask God to save you, even during the moment of this. Jesus Christ died because you were a sinner. He died to pay the price for your sins so you wouldn't have to, so you could have forgiveness. You have been blessed. God didn't keep that message just for the Hebrew nation. He let it spread. And maybe today is the first time you're hearing that, and you want to accept that. Maybe the challenge of you need to be glad. God intends for the nations to enjoy him. If you're a follower of Christ, do you enjoy him today? Have you been enjoying him today? Are you going to enjoy him this week? You really need to understand that you have something incredible to look forward to, but you've been blessed in this world. So praise him, fear him, enjoy him, and, and wonderfully take opportunity to share it with others. And then let me encourage you with this. You've been blessed to be a blessing. You are a steward. We're going to have over the next uh, six months at least three of our missionaries come and visit and I think maybe four. We're gonna give you a heads up before they get here. I want to ask you to pray for them. So many of these missionaries would say, well, we really need the financial support to do what we're doing where we're doing it. But they would not give up that prayer support. I asked a missionary one time, Very practically, I said, if you could not have to have, uh, you know, 40 supporting churches so when they come home on furlough, they've got to make 40 trips and give updates sometimes. If you could just have three churches that funded the whole thing, would you like that? And they said, well, that would be nice because um, to have it all funded and not worry about it, but I wouldn't want to lose the prayer support. Brothers and sisters, you need to be praying for missions. You need to be praying that what we are doing is having an impact on the other side of the world. We are so blessed. And so I'm gonna ask you to pray for those missionaries before they come and then take time. We might even have a get together, maybe a lunch where you can join part and tell them you've been praying for them or else get an update for them. We have been blessed in such an incredible way and I trust that you don't want to just be blessed but that you will want to have a double blessing. This is what God has made available to you. Praise the Lord that you can be a part of something. And you know, it won't even all be revealed this side of heaven. I told you I I cut out the reports, you know, the numbers. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. All right. I told you that I will save the reports sometimes. And it turned my prayer list into a praise list. And so I'll see this many folks got saved or we'll see something else going on. And when we look at that, that is such a wonderful encouragement. But let me share with you this. If you are one that has a heart for sharing the gospel, maybe one-on-one or maybe through missions, there are things going on that you will not know about until we get to where? Heaven. When we get to heaven, we're going to be so blessed to see Jesus Christ and have no more pain and no more tears But also, one of the wonderful blessings is I think that we are going to have an understanding of someone who came to Christ because of this effort, this work, this faithful giving, this faithful prayer, this missionary who maybe you didn't think was even our sharpest missionary and how they were able to give the gospel message. So many things that we have no idea are coming. God has allowed you to call him Lord, and God has allowed all of the nations to be able to call out and call the creator of all things Lord because of his plan of salvation. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, when we come to you, we come to you with a wonderful appreciation for what we have. Sometimes, God, we get discouraged or sometimes we're confused. And that knocks us off of, of our routine and that knocks us sometimes out of our momentum. And God, I would ask that you would allow us to know how wonderfully we are blessed, but then also that you would challenge us to pray about what we can do. We haven't talked about personal evangelism very much today, but it might be sharing with someone. It might be that gladness of heart that you have, and you can just share. This is because I know Jesus Christ. It might be someone who accepts this challenge to get a double blessing by their support of missionaries, maybe an individual support or a prayer support. Or maybe someone who just has a heart for missions and wants to give financially to that. And God, as we've mentioned today, we know that your plan is for mankind to be saved. And we thank you that we're able to respond to that. With heads bowed and eyes closed, no one looking around, I'm going to ask the piano just to play through a song. While the piano plays, I want to give you a chance to pray. Maybe God is talking to you about missions today. God is talking to you about how much extra you have, how blessed you are. Perhaps as you've come today, this is the first time that you've heard that you're a sinner and that's why Jesus died on the cross, for your sins. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes shall not perish but have everlasting life. You can ask God to save you even right now. Take just a moment to pray.